Hello, hello. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work that way. You've got to train the list. So that's why one of the things that I suggested, I think, when we were talking about it, is that you were sending like three emails out right away. Remember? Yes. Yes. That's why I would not do them right away. I'd kind of spread them out even a couple hours apart if you can. Okay. Um, because if you just do like one, two, three people, you know, if they miss them, they're going to miss all of them kind of thing, right? Right. So if you can at least spread them out a bit, whether it's a day or five hours or something, or, you know, have it send at nine and, and uh, you know, at, at end a day at five and then before bed kind of thing, just to separate it, separate them out. So there's three chances of getting them to open one okay. on, that, on that day. So you might want to play around with that. And again, yours might be a little bit different because you've got a real time sensitive event that you're running. Mm -hmm. so you, you need to get those messages out as quickly as possible without overwhelming them and then to try and maximize um, what happens. So if you, if, you, if, if you check your inbox, I'm betting that you get email from uh, a person or persons at the same time almost every day or almost every two days kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you almost start looking for it if you're still interested in what they're offering and you know when it's coming. Right. Right. So that, that's why people do it. They want to train the list to look forward the emails and not just go, oh, I got 17 emails in an hour on gotcha. one time that I've never talked to someone in a while or I'm new to them. Okay. So you kind of, you kind of need to do that little flow chart thing where, you know, what is the, what is the experience that I need people to go through? And at least, you know, you start with the one you think that works and then, you, and then you check like the next time you send something out, change the scheduling at the, at the beginning, you know, you change it from what it is and see if you're getting 14 or 10% open rate or it goes to 33%. Mm-hmm. And if it's 33, do more of what you just did <laughs> and not less. So, you know, and then try and fail as fast as you can. Okay. Okay. So, and, and tie that to everything, not just a campaign you're running, but all of the mail that you send. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you've, the, you've got an automation now that's set up that you know that's working, mm -hmm. you can copy that automation, change the tag as to what starts it, mm -hmm. and, then, and then, you know, change your, the little bit of content in the, in the messages. You've already got the messages set up with the template that you want, the signature yeah. file that you want, the introduction, the, you know, maybe the graphic that you're going to use, or the call to action, but they're all there. Just duplicate that. <laughs> So when I run this again in um, four, three months, yeah, January, February, March, the end of March, or the middle of March, um, they would the the ones that sign up then get a different tag, correct? Yeah, because if if um, you can manually uh, add the tag to them, just because uh -huh. they've already done it once, you know, you can say at the end of this uh, automation, you can say. You know, you don't even have to add a tag. You can add to automation, which whatever the name of the next one is, mm -hmm. or you can add a tag, which triggers the the second automation, the one that you've just done a copy of. So gotcha. either or either or will work, and then you can cascade the the events to them. So Great. it's not like they have to sign up again. You don't have okay. to make them go through the form. You just say, hey, we're running another campaign. Here it is. Because I will be at an expo in March, yeah. and I intend to get people to sign up for it then. Yeah, then sure. Once I get home, yeah. So this would be a whole new crop of people. Yep. Yeah, yeah maybe absolutely. Maybe not even the ones that have taken it before. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you can, you know, the other thing you can do is you can, you know, you can, uh, because you you know the original ones have the tag that you started off with, you mm -hmm. can just do a a, a campaign a broadcast and segment the list and send a message to only the people that had the previous or, uh, series or went through the previous series with the previous tag. You can say, hey, we're running the Facebook challenge again. Yes. 
Um, and then, you know, here's a special bonus for you for, you know, redoing it. You click here and you can just have the click add a tag for the new one. You don't have to get them to sign up or anything. Because re remember, it's not just about tags, right? There's all sorts of actions that can trigger other things. Right. Um, you know, opening an email, clicking on a link, visiting a page, all of that stuff you can have an automation that says, if they do this, then do this. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the things that start that, um, that start the actual, uh, you know, trigger, I'm just looking, it's like subscribes to a list, submits a form, opens or reads an email, clicks a link in an email, replies mm -hmm. to an email, forwards an email, shares an email, um, web pages visited, field change, a goal is achieved, you know, there's, those are just things just in, in uh, triggers, just real quick triggers. Right. So with my calm moms, as yeah. they want to come in, if they uh, read the email, then they might be triggered into um, a, an automation that says, hey, I noticed you visited my page. Are you a stressed mom? Question mark. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And you, you've probably noticed that that happens to you when you you know, do a search or visit someone's page. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you start seeing ads for them. Yes. Okay. So what they've done is they have their ads based on the actions you take on their site. And that's all of that rebranding and retargeting with Facebook and all of those, you know, the Facebook pixel and all of that stuff. So it's all tied together. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's go to Melody then for a quick question. See what's going on. Hi, Melody. Unmute yourself. <laughs> Anyone else have questions? Howard, welcome to the call. If you have some questions, don't be afraid to pipe in. Ask. They're open. It's not a set presentation. It's just strictly anything goes. So I'll answer any questions that anyone has, and uh, we'll go from there. And hello. <laughs> hello, hello. She's back. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't have any questions today. I'm just kind of working on stuff on my side. So Okay, perfect. Are th things going well or getting some traction or what's happening? Well, I my big news is that I broke my ankle oh, just before Christmas. That's and not a good present. No, that no. was not a good present. So I'm, I'm uh, here in Cincinnati away okay. from Los Angeles at my mom's and I'm going to be here for a few weeks, but fortunately I brought my computer and, you know, working on stuff. Um, you know, so just a, a new setting and what have you, you okay. know, actually I did. I, of course I did think of a question, James. Yep. And my question is, you know, I had, and this is kind of a, you know, it's not just the technical stuff like we yep. usually talk about, but it's more like a customer thing. Yep. And that is that I had this customer, you know how sometimes you get people who just are jerks for no reason. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, we all run into those, but you know, I had some, this girl who she had been on my list for quite some time. Yeah. And, and then she made a purchase, which is great. Yeah. And then when she went to fill out my Google form, she misinterpreted something. Okay. And, uh, you know, and then she just like, sent me these emails all in a row and then just said, this is a scam and this and that, yeah, and I'm yeah. canceling. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's like she didn't even give me a chance to correct her. So, you know, just like in a general sense, I mean, I know what some people say to do with that, but like, you know, what are, what's your, you know, coaching, like how do you handle that when you sometimes just get someone who just is a jerk? Um, well, there's, there's a couple things. If the first thing that um, comes to mind when, when you mention that is there is a whole, um, there's this whole, uh, you know, you hear the term onboarding, right? Uh, if, mm -hmm. Yeah, you've heard, have, have you heard that term before, onboarding? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what happened, it sounds like in your case, is that there was something in the onboarding that just didn't work for this person, right? You said it was a misinterpretation of something. So the first yes. thing, I, the first thing I would do is go and try and make sure that that is not a problem or is going to be a problem for other people. So fi fix the current onboarding kind of situation that you have to clean it up. Um, and then, and then, the, and then, 
maybe reevaluate or take a look at how can I streamline or what, what do people actually want to do or self onboard and how can I match that to what I need them to do to be able to, you know, to help them uh, solve the problem that I have and, and provide the service that I give. So the first thing is to take a look at that onboarding process and make sure uh, it's working properly. And if, if you, um, you, can, you can copy it and again, creatively plagiarize other onboarding services that, that, you, uh, that you use. And if you think of a restaurant, most people, if you look at the onboarding for a restaurant, it's like you come in the door, you're greeted by the, the hostess, the hostess gets some information from you, then they'll either guide you to the table or they're going to try and make you wait, right? And then if they, if they make you wait, they might try and take some actions to try and make you more comfortable or spend more money with them based on how long they're going to wait, how big your party is. So there's a whole process, right, for onboarding at a restaurant. Yeah. Okay? So you have to look at, you know, if you, if you kind of look at it from that perspective, you have to decide, am I selling a $7 product? The onboarding should be pretty quick, right? If I'm, uh -huh. selling, if I'm selling a $497 product or a $997 product or a $2,500 product, it's going to have a different onboarding process. So I, I would just make sure, first of all, that the onboarding process matches the value that you're providing, and then it works for both you, the, you as the provider and the customer as well. So that's kind of the, the first thing. The second thing is the customer. Um, Can I just say one thing about yeah. that? Sure. I think that's I think that's just really great. And one of the things that, you know, it's like sometimes it just seems like there are customers that you get they're they're just going to be jerks no matter what. Yep. But what I love about what you're saying, like, you know, that even though let's say my like I've never had anyone do what she did. Yeah. But what I can see is especially as you start expanding how many people you're reaching, then you have to fill in and and sort of not just accommodate, but you want to, you know, like I can see that I can continue to expand for, you know, there will be more people in those more extreme categories. Yep. So if I do this, this onboarding that matches what you're saying, then, you know, it just seems I can see the value in that. Like literally if it was way out there in there in the extreme, then, you know, I may not want to do something, but, you know, I just see where, especially in expanding how many people I reach, that it, you know, it really is worthwhile to go in and expand that for more of the people who might be on those further ends of the bell-shaped curve. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other thing just to remember is you always have to identify where your business is at, too. And, and I think, um, you know, and I, I fall prey to this as well. I think everyone does. When you think about the, the life cycle of, um, you know, a training site or a membership site, um, you know, it's enticing to go and have your, your training site and then have gamification and certifications and a community and all these big things. But if you don't have uh, a minimal, minimum viable product put together, a single course put together properly, and you can't take a payment for that single course, you don't really need to worry about a wicked onboarding process and making sure that people earn points when they take a lesson and that they get badges and the graphics for the badges are okay and that they have a member profile. So, you know, just understand where you are in terms of a membership site too or a, or a training site too. If you have, you know, under 100 customers, I wouldn't be overly focused on making sure that the gamification part works properly. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't get too hung up that, you know, that um, um, uh, you don't have a full suite of services for people. When you start off, it's like you have to make sure that you found the process for selling those courses, for creating the content for the courses, and at a bare minimum, being able to take a payment and get people enrolled in a course. So just yeah. kind of yeah, just kind of remember where not where your customers at, but also where you're at as well. So right, you know, that's those, great. Yeah, those first five, ten, twenty-five customers, just make sure that the that the the process works properly. 
And the cool thing is, is when you've got five customers, what can you do to make sure that they have a good experience? Yeah. Pick up the phone. <laughs> Talk to them. Like, just say, right. there's five people. Pick up the phone. Book a Skype call. You know, do a Zoom call with them. Just say, look, I'd like to help you out and make sure that you're getting the information that you wanted and get some feedback from you. Can we have a quick call? Ask the five people. Ask the first 10 people. And you'll find out pretty quickly. They're going to go, wow, you know, they spent some actual time with me. I really enjoyed it. They helped me out. And, and you'll be able to get some feedback when they're going, they're going to go, well, wait a second, what's this for? I don't understand why you were asking me to do this. Or I tried to do this, but wasn't able to, to do it. So you'll get some valuable feedback just in those early days. And it's not about, oh, I only got five points for completing a course. What can I get for five points? Right? It's just like, did it, was I able to consume the content? Was I able to get the information or the outcome that was promised to me because I paid my $27 or $97 or whatever you're charging for that first course? Yeah, that's great. I think one of the things that messes with my head is that my smart girls business I've had for over 25 years yeah. and my Hollywood business school, you know, is not, I don't officially have my first course up. So it's like one is brand new and yeah. one has been here, but even the things you're saying, it's like, I just, I can see, cause this was about a service for my smart girls, but I can see that certain principles are, you know, it just is like, where you are with that site or that business that yeah. you apply these and you, yeah. So that's just really, really great. I'm so glad I asked you. Yeah. And you know, I, I I'm, I'm uh, upfront with you as well. I run into the same problem. You know, I have customers from 10 or 15 years ago from membership sites, but they're not with me on membership sites anymore. I still have them as customers. I have customers for the hosting and support businesses. Oh, right. But they're not, they're not customers on, a training site. They're not interested in a training. I have, I have business to business, large corporations that are customers that we've been building training sites for, but they're not going to come on my training site and take a course. So you so have to bet. Deal with them differently. Yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to, you know, don't look at it as your business in uh, the age of your business. Look at it in the age of your project. How far along is this project? And it's hard because sometimes you go, well, if I'm a mature project or a mature business over here and I'm starting something new and you start treating that new business as a completed project like your other businesses, but it's not. Right. It's not. Right. It only would be if all thousand customers from your, your existing business came over to this new business. You know, if all of them came over and started paying for courses, for example, that's completely different. You're, you know, you're taking an existing customer base and you're transferring them to another business. You want to make sure that those businesses are in parallel. It's like a mature to a mature. But if you have to ask them to go and buy something new from you to get them started in that newer business, you're, you're starting fresh. Yes. Right. Okay. That's great. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, so, you know, th those are things that you kind of learn, but just ask yourself, make sure you ask yourself first, how mature is my training site business? What do I need to do to get started? How many customers do I have right now? If I look at my business model, where's my business model at? How many customers do I need to have to be able to support them properly? And again, that has to do with your business model, right? If you're just selling $27, uh, you know, individual programs and a $27 a month membership, you're not going to be able to spend a whole bunch of personal time with people because it right. just, it doesn't make sense financially for you. Um, at least one-on-one, -on -one, but if, if you are doing the 497 a year or the 997, you know, coaching program for, for three months or 12 weeks kind of thing, that's, that's different. You know, it's the difference between having a uh, hundred customers at $27 a month or having 15 customers for the quarter at $1,000 a month. So just right. make, make sure you're doing the right work for the right business model at the right stage of your business. 
Yeah, and I can see too, even if I have customers from Smart Girls coming over to my courses, okay, they might know me some, but still introducing them to a new platform, a new exactly. type of social I got to just think of it as brand new, hand-holding, walking them. Yeah, and, and for training courses, I'll, I'll give you a huge, a huge issue. Um, and, and this is something that I'm personally learned and I'm going to have to change is let's say I've got a customer who has um, been with me 15 years and is pretty experienced. They come to a training course and what do most people who have been around for a little while do when they want to do a training course? There's 30 lessons in a course. There's, you know, 10 modules each with three lessons. They look at the course and they say, I want to go to yes. lesson number Right. Four, and I only want to take this one piece. And then you have someone who's brand new, and do you need to make sure that everyone treats it as a course and has to go through a structured format, or are you going to let people who you've been doing business with and already taught stuff to, are you going to allow them to hop around and do the course as they wish, or are you going to say, look, too bad, so sad, it's a course. You've got to take the course, and you've got to follow the steps. What do you do? Well, the, here, that's a good question, and here's the answer. Are you selling a membership, or are you selling a training site? If it's a membership, it's just organized content. If it's a training site, you have a specific start and a specific finish to the materials. So you've got to lock it down. Okay. Okay. And again, based on your business model, but if you have one course, and again, here's the interesting thing. If you have one course or a core business course or a course that you're guaranteeing an outcome for, definitely keep it structured and locked down so that they have to go through it in a process. They have to pass a quiz. They have to hand in a, a work assignment. You know, if it's a core course, it's got to be locked down. But remember that if you have multiple courses, you can make the core or, uh, and this is all about learning tracks, you can make core courses required and then have uh, elective courses, right? So it's, you know, remember in university you had electives and directives? Right. So elective courses were courses you could just take and play around with, but the, some of them were required courses. So you can split it up a little bit and decide, hey, which way am I going to do this? Or okay. which courses are going to be locked down? Which of the courses that are just, hey, this is great information, let people poke around. Wow. Okay. Okay, makes sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and there's a great example. If you have one course, does this even matter? I don't know. Well, no, no, you've got one course, so I would keep it structured. If you have 12 courses, I would suggest that there's probably – you know, three or four core courses there. And then there's other things that you've added just to answer questions that come up in the core courses. Oh, right. Okay. So usually what happens is let's say you do a course on, you know, how to get an agent as an example. So you do the course and that's your core course. And then you get a whole bunch of questions about, well, how do you do this? Or how do you do this? A lot of times you'll create a small course to answer the question that came up from the core course, right? Right. So you can do stuff where it's a requisite or prerequisites as well. And you can have those, you know, three or four small lesson courses, have them open if you want, where you can set them to say, this course is only available if you finished the core course. Because you don't okay. want people hopping to these answers if they haven't taken the first course. So you got to kind of think, map out the process. What is it that I'm teaching people? What is the outcome that I'm guaranteeing that they're going to get? How does that fit in? And what are the steps that they need to do to make sure that you guarantee it? Because the other thing that happens is if you don't do this is someone signs up, they flop all over, take half of this course, you know, go to lesson seven in this course, then lesson two. And then after two months, they say, this stuff bites I know you know it didn't work for me they ask for a refund they give you some bad social media they just a pain in the butt 
you can say to them, did you follow the course and complete all of the modules, lessons, quizzes, and assignments? Right, okay. <laughs> right. You, can't, you can't guarantee anything. You can't guarantee anything if they haven't done that, right? Right. Because they never followed your process. They never learned what you're trying to teach them. And you don't even know if they did do it if you're not requiring stuff to be done where they have to complete the lesson or topic or, or module to go on to the next one. Right. Do you, do you understand what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I'm, I'm registering that and just thinking about it in my branding course. I mean, because I have gone back and forth like, well, it just goes back to, you know, if I'm going to guarantee something. Yeah. Then, I mean, I hadn't really thought about what you said about how, yeah, you know, you get some people, especially sort of in our, you know, ADD sort of culture. Yeah, exactly. And people bounce around and then say, oh, I didn't get that much out of it. But it's like, okay, well, if I make it up front, it actually even related to this, you know, client who just did what she did. Yeah. You know, if it's, if it's all clear up front and I say, you know, and I say this is how it's going to be structured, there's a certain kind of accountability. Yeah. And, and it also deals with, with uh, you know, the whole thing of, uh, you know, money back guarantee. It's like, well, because I don't really want to give a money back guarantee. No. And, and I've seen that a lot of people who are selling higher ticket courses and coaching, they're not giving the old school no. no questions asked, you know, it's changing. That's right. And so I could see that this is, it's like part of my, you know, how I make sure they get the value. Yeah, absolutely. And really in service of them, hold them accountable. Yeah. Like this is, you know, so it can really be a positive on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what we're talking about is a difference between a training site and a membership site. Okay. Because a membership site, there is no accountability. There's not quizzes. There's not assignments. You know, you might be able to drip content, but there's, uh -huh. you're just giving access to content over time. Right. There's nothing that says you have to do this lesson in this order, this course in this order, unless you only do single single chunks or a single, you know, category of content or a single lesson of content each day, week, month, what have you. But there's no, you know, there's no accountability. If, if you have, if you have 20 modules in, in a particular category in the first category that you make available in the first month, you know, people either, you know, watch some of it and they go, was it worth my X number of dollars a month? Do I want to stay and see what comes in the next month? They come in the next month, you give them another, you know, X number of pieces of content. So now they've got 20, let's say 20 different pieces of content, 10 each month, but you have no idea. Did they watch any of it? Did they listen to any of it? Did they do any of the work? Who knows? Yeah. And I mean, now that I even think about it, I know for myself having a structure, I like having a structure yeah. and even with actors that I'm thinking about with the branding, so many people say, if someone just told me what to do, yeah. But really what they're also saying is, and held me accountable. So I could see that it would really be a good, it would be of service to them to have that accountability. Yep, absolutely. Another, another factor in this, just again, from my experience with education and being a teacher, is that people need to be acknowledged for their progress. Yep. Okay. And if they don't ever hear from you, once they've signed up for your course and you say, oh, yeah, blessings, um, then they don't feel like you have invested in them as well. Yeah. And so one of the things that I started doing with the uh, uh, Facebook challenge that I'm running is on the third day, I say, hey, let's connect. I'd like to find out where you are and what your questions are in person. Let's do 15 yeah. minutes here. Yeah. And they can just schedule the call right there. And then they know that I'm invested in their progress. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other thing that's great about that is if you end up and it is three days and they book an appointment and you get to talk, talk to them, there's a couple things that happen. 
the first one is obviously you get great information about what's working, what's not working, the questions that people have. You show a commitment to them, but I'm betting you, I'm betting you that most people are far better upselling people in person than they are than sending someone to a sales page that they've written. Right. So if, if you get someone signed up at the, you know, the, you've got a program, it's $97, $297, whatever it happens to be, you talk to them on the phone, but you have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. What naturally happens when you're on the phone with someone? Hey, you know, yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing? What's your problem? What, what are you trying to fix? What, what is it that, you know, what's your goal? Oh, I have something that might be able to help you. Why don't we do this? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you get another opportunity right. to really, really upsell people when you get personally involved with them. Right, okay. yeah. Now, here's yeah, the other like thing that, here's the other thing just, you know, about being a teacher and these chunks. This is where that whole, um, there's two things. One is the issue of micro learning. So one of the things you want to make sure to do is that, you know, people do want structure but the structure better not be 12 one-hour recordings of webinars because the majority right. of people will not get through it. And if you say, look, you have to watch this whole hour to get to the next one, a lot of times people are just going to go, look, I don't have the time. I don't have a chunk of an hour that I can take out. It's difficult. So this is where, this is where you want to do that anywhere from, you know, two to five minute small chunks that people can consume mm -hmm. in smaller pieces when they're available to do it. One of the things that I learned to do in my email that says watch the video, I give them the time of the video and there's yeah. not one that's over 16 minutes. Most of them are between eight and nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, of course, it depends on what you're trying to share with people. And as much as you, you know, you can't, if it doesn't fit into two, <laughs> two minutes or three minutes, you got to do how many minutes it takes to get what you need to get out to them. Right. Okay. So, but it just has to be consumable. It needs to be consumable content. Now, here's the other yeah. thing. Here's, here's the other thing I want you to just remember, because we're using LearnDash. What does LearnDash have in a short code? It has points and it also has progress. There's progress, two, yes. There's two things. One is that bar chart for pro progress, but each of the lessons and each of the courses, modules, and each of the courses, you can add rewards, course rewards. Okay. And what, what that allows you to do is give points to people for consuming the content. And that's not, I'm not talking about gamification. I'm just showing people another level of progress. So James, on my yep. right hand side in my course, yep. it has course progress. That's right. And they can't move forward until they've viewed the whole thing. Also, they won't get the information to view the video um, until they buy the course. Yep. They'll get it in the Facebook, but then it goes away and they can't yep. access exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so in course progress, and somebody buys the course and it's there on the right hand side. Yeah. And I know that I get five points because I visited the course today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end, do you just issue a certificate of completion or what would the reward be? Well, those are two separate, those are two separate things. Um, cer certification is the completion of a course where, and all certification is, it's just a, uh, a final piece of proof that they actually completed the course. It's like a PDF or whatever you want to give them. Like mm -hmm. a diploma, right? That's all that certification means is that, you know, you're, you're going to uh, distribute a diploma or some kind of written um, uh, recognition that the course was, was finished. And then you can, you can base certification on things as an example as completing the consumption of the content, but you can also do it on a certain score in the quizzes or the amount of time it takes to complete a course or if they hand in the assignment uh, for each of the lessons and you mark them and you know they, they hand in the assignments or they complete the tasks you've given as assignments if they do it properly you as the instructor can mark it and say 
hey, this isn't, you know, you didn't do it properly, go back and redo it. And then, you know, when it's done properly, then I'll certify you. Okay, so that's what certification is about. It doesn't have to be there, but it's just a physical, um, in most cases, it's just a sort of a physical recognition that the requirements that you as the instructor have uh, for completion of the course and what you're promising people, if they have followed through with the steps and are able to uh, display that they've done what you've asked them to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So at the five steps, it's congratulations. You are certified to be a great sleeper. Remember the four belly breathing or the four exactly. self healing skills. Exactly. If you want, if you want to do that, or see if you, you know, here's your assignment: sleep eight hours in a row. <laughs> you know, whatever it happens to be. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I can start to have fun with this. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's you know, the, and then the other thing is rewards. A lot of people get into rewards where. They say, hey, look, if you've got, uh, you know, point rewards for logging in or, um, and this is getting into gamification, right? So I don't want to, you know, if you don't have a course yet, this isn't stuff you should be doing. But if, if you've got a course finished, it's pretty straightforward to be able to say, hey, look, um, you're going to get five points for every lesson that you complete or every module that you complete. And guess what? With 25 points, you get a, you know, a half hour consultation with, the course author. Hmm. So you, you, you know, you, you give a little reward and then you can have a short code in the sidebar that shows how many points the person's earned. So if you know, you've told them, Hey, look, you know, 25 points gets you this gets you the next course or it gets you uh, you know, a coaching session or it gets you, you know, this download of these templates or whatever have you. So just make it a little bit, giving people a, a little more of an incentive to consume the content. But again, get your content ready first, make sure you can sell it, then start doing this. Stuff. Right. right, right. Okay. First things first. Exactly. Excellent. Okay. I hope that helps. It does. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And what's stuck in my mind, James, is make my investment in the people um, comparable to their investment in me. Don't spend yeah. two hours with somebody who spent $27. Exactly. And, and the, you know, the thing to think of is speed dating, right? It's like if you're going to go out to the restaurant and do a speed dating night, you want to know pretty quickly if, if it's someone I should be spending more time with. And if it isn't, it's like you want to go on to the next person as quickly as possible. So right. do, do they meet the requirements that you need to have in that perfect customer that you're looking for? Like, you know, the customers that can benefit from what it is that you're teaching or selling or talking about your expertise. If the person can't benefit from what you have to provide, refer them to someone else who can, or just mm -hmm. say, sorry, I can't help you, you know? I'm not for you. You're not for me. Go on to the next person. Because if, if you go to a speed dating night and you only see one person, but there's 120 in the room, did you waste your night? Maybe, maybe not. But in most cases, I would suggest that there might have been someone else that you should have seen or talked to. So try and get rid of bad customers as quickly as possible. Right. And, and that's a hard thing to do when you're just starting out because it's, you know, and that's when we run into, I'm going to be the jack of all trades. I'll help everyone because I need the money. Well, kind of like cut your, right. But it's, it's the old cut your losses. And sometimes I thought, you know, with this girl, cause for me, I, you know, I've always been sensitive to the kind of criticism or whatever, especially if it's totally unwarranted and like yeah. her misunderstanding. But I thought, you know, it's like that time that I would have spent working on her thing. Well, that's where I just can use it to work, do some marketing to get the next one or two customers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So welcome yeah, to the call, great. Victor. If you have any, uh, any questions, don't be afraid to ask them in the chat or unmute yourself and, and ask away. Um, oh, thanks, James. No hey. problem. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Perfect. Yeah, so I do just, you have any questions today? No, I arrived late and yeah. I'm just catching up and see what you guys are talking about because it's very interesting for me. 
Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I will. I am recording this. We haven't done any screen share on this, which is fine. So I'll just make sure that the audio's up. Um, and this one I will make available for a little while because there was some good stuff in this. <laughs> There's some great stuff in this. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, one of those ones you go. Oh boy, I I should have recorded this, and luckily I did. <laughs> so I'll hang on to this one. Thank you, James. Yeah. What about you, Carol? How are you making out? Any questions? You're back in the saddle again. Hey, James. Hey, welcome um, back. Hey, hi. I'm just um, having a lot of computer problems. Okay. And that's very frustrating. And um, I did want to ask you. Yeah. Um, you used to have this service where when you make a blog post, Yes. Then it automatically goes on Facebook and LinkedIn, yep. Twitter, whatever. Do you still have that? Um, yeah, I do. I, I'm. Uh, it's not something that uh, I think is right for you, but I'll give you two uh, sort of plugins or services that are inexpensive that you might want to look at quickly. The first one is a, a WordPress uh, plugin. Okay. Um, and it's called Snap. And I believe the, if you do a search for uh, social, I'm just going to get the social media, uh, social network auto posting. Just remember, I'm trying to remember the URL. Just doing a search for it. Uh, yeah, next scripts. But if if you do a if you do a search on the you know in WordPress when you add plugins just do a search for social networks auto poster or next scripts okay. and Snap will come up and that's a plugin that you can just put on and that does the basic one so if you for example just add a post it'll it'll add it it'll do a tweet it'll do a, a Facebook page and a Facebook um, feed, uh, post. It does a couple other ones too, the paid one, but the, the one that's just the free one with the WordPress, uh, repository, that one's not too bad. Okay. Right. The All other right. one, the other one is only wire, which is a service that I used to use. And that was the one that you're talking about. Okay. Um, that I used to offer it as a, as a, a sort of a, a service, but, mm -hmm. It's it's called OnlyWire. That's a um, that one's a, a third-party service, mm -hmm. and they actually they actually have a free uh, package now. Oh, okay. Okay, for one user with with four social um, social profiles, and what happens with that one is you basically uh, add your RSS feed from uh, from uh, your website, your WordPress site. And every time you post something, it will automatically post to those uh, social, the four social profiles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, what are you doing now? Um, we have a we have a service that's m a little more sophisticated, with that we're actually getting involved with the posting and organizing the posting. Oh, and, okay. And the difference, the difference is that with the one that um, we're providing is that it will do what are called evergreen posts and scheduling of posts. So snap in this only wire one, it's like when you make a blog post or publish a blog post, then it publishes to the social media networks. So mm -hmm. if you, if you added, five posts at 10 o'clock tonight, mm -hmm. the social media, the, the networks would get five posts at 10 o'clock. You can't, you can't sort of structure when the content gets added, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, se the second thing is, is once you post it, you can't repost it unless you redo the entire post, copy it, and then make another copy, you know, do, post it at a different date. So it mm -hmm. gets added to the you know, to your site's RSS feed that these services are using. So there, it's limited in that that respect. The ones that we do, uh, the service that I'm providing now, which it's a third-party service that costs money for us, um, mm -hmm. what, what it allows you to do is basically it's got a big calendar. And you can take content not only from 
your your own blog, that's just one source of content. You can take someone else's Twitter feed, someone else's Instagram pages, and you can you can go and schedule posts on a calendar from other people's content plus your own to post on your uh, social media profiles on the days and times that you want. And what's the name of that? Um, it's a, mean, yeah, it's a, yeah. So if, if you go to the, the wpblogsupport.com forward slash social. Okay. Okay, so that's that's a service that that we're doing. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, of course, and this is the really cool part is, if you look at social media, the majority of social media, like it gets posted once and then it's kind of, you know, someone doesn't see it because they're not looking at their Facebook feed at a certain time, it's gone, right? <laughs> so. The one, the one thing that we do is we can say, look, these are my cornerstone or my key posts. Every two months, I want to post, repost this content. So it will repost content for a schedule that you want for a length of time that you want. So, mm -hmm. for example, in Stephanie's program, she's got stuff for her Facebook challenge, right? So what she can do is she can have... 10 posts that restart at the beginning, uh, you know, in fact, let's say the, you know, the event was March 15th as your Facebook challenge. What you could do is, and you're going to start marketing on, on the 15th, what you could do is you could have 10 or 15 or 25 posts set to start on March 1st. Get ready. The Facebook challenge is coming. You know, are you having trouble sleeping? And you can start promoting beforehand, but, if it's you're doing the promotion for you know the challenge three months ahead, you run the exact same promotion, but you run it in June, right. or you run it in September. So you've already got the content there. You can repost it. Did and you no say gonna, Stephanie's already doing this? Yeah, she's well. She's doing quarterly challenges right now. She's running the same challenge. And she's so she's using your. Social no, posting. no, she's not. I'm just giving that as an example where you might want to. Oh, right. right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, like... Because right now I'm having to do all of that manually with my tweets and my Instagram and my Pinterest and yeah. my Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And the thing with Facebook that I've noticed is you can schedule posts, but they only let you do a certain amount in a certain day and time on Facebook and so you do need that off Facebook capacity yeah. to push it into Facebook because Facebook limits you yep yeah so I'm just looking at uh, like I have uh, I can add a post I can find content I can import from someone else's RSS feed or my own I can import from a CSV file if I want I can use my media or I can reshare my best posts. You know, I can know which posts are the best ones that are getting the most response from and post those ones. Um, and I can say, you know, only do Instagram ones uh, at supper time. Only do Twitter ones at nine in the morning. Wow. Okay. So, and you can, you can manage the post too by saying, look, this is the one I want the featured image to go on. This is my default feature image to use if there isn't one. And, you know, here's my uh, tags that I want to use on Facebook ones. Here's the tags I want to use on Twitter. Here's the tags in Instagram that I want to use. So it can be a little more structured and, and set up in that way. Wow. Okay. And then the evergreen posts are the, the important one, in my opinion. And you can categorize them too, which is a nice thing too. So you can say, look, you look at your calendar and say, look, I'm going to do a category called promotions. I'm going to do a category called updates. I'm going to do a category of news. And you can drag and drop the stories that are news stories that go out at a certain time. Ones that are promotions go out at certain times. So you can categorize what kind of content goes out at what time of the day to what particular profile. And is it when you get your social media 
uh, program. Is that for just one blog or what if you have multiple blogs? It doesn't matter. You can put an import from an RSS feed, right? Well, I mean, when I, well, I guess what I mean is, is it a cloud-based software? Yeah, it is. It is. It is, but it's it's per profile. So it, think of you, where the content comes from doesn't matter. But let's say you have a, a Facebook page for smart girls, a Facebook page for Hollywood B School, and a Facebook page for XYZ company. Those are three profiles, right? Uh huh. So you can if and that's that's what you end up paying for if you have three profiles it costs X if it's seventeen profiles it costs Y. The more profiles you add, the more expensive it gets. Okay. Okay, but the one interface, the cloud service, it basically allows you to um, to make your calendar up and say, look, I want to post this content to these social networks at these times. And it's all in oh. one place. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. And there's a couple of these that are, you know, available. Um, we just do it as a service so people don't have to kind of learn it. If you want to do it yourself, there's one actually on AppSumo, um, which I've played around with, which is a little, it's not as good as the one that I use, but it's called Social Bee. I'll give you a couple resources. There's one called Social Bee, and it's .io. So you can go take a look at that one. What about something like Hootsuite? Yeah, Hootsuite, uh, Meet Edgar, Social Bee, Loomly. There's a there's a bunch of them that are available now, and they all work in similar. Hootsuite, when I looked at it, didn't do evergreen posts. I don't know if it does now. I, I don't think it does. Yeah, yeah. So it, my I mean, my the other ones I've tried, I don't remember seeing any evergreens. Yeah, my is, recommendation is to get evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Loomly, so you have to be, and the thing you have to be careful, all of them generally work by the number of social profiles that you have. So the pricing is per profile, X number, and some of them are free, so you can start free if you want to, just play around with them. Most of them have like a 14-day trial, something along those lines. Sorry, so yeah, that's okay. It, they're just, those are good ways to, you know, help roll out your marketing. The thing is you have to set it up, get it working and make sure that you have your keywords, your tags, all of that stuff set up ahead of time. So that you know what you're doing. Okay. It's getting on to two o'clock here. I think we're going to, unless there's any big questions, I'm going to call it a day. I will put this one back up on, on the site and make it public for a little bit. Um, and uh, again, if there are any questions, uh, Victor. Yeah, James. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Ask, yeah, just moving uh, to a more technical side. Sure. I don't know if uh, any of the people that is on this call is having this problem. I updated my WordPress to the new editor, Gutenberg. Yep. yep. And every time I'm editing a course, Yes. And I, click on save or update or upload. I don't remember the exact word. When I want to close that tab or move or go to another link, I get a pop-up letting me know that something is not saved. Even though um, the post is saved and, and, and it's working. So it's just a warning. Sometimes it goes away and close the tab and close yeah. the tab and sometimes it doesn't. Okay. Can I, can I give you my honest answer? I hate Gutenberg and I turn it off. <laughs> I just get oh, rid so of it. No. How do I you do. turn it off? Um, there's a plugin called Classical Editor. Yes. And I just. Well, I, I just wanted to know if, if anyone else is having the same issue or is something maybe related to another plugin I'm using? Or Yeah. I, well, I would. Sorry, go ahead. I've had that issue at times and then at other times it fixed, you know, but it, it might. It might be some issue specifically to yours, but it, it just, it's not real s super stable and I get different kinds of issues. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't use it and I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'll ever use it. 
That's my personal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, very yeah. Um, so Thank I you. I don't even understand it yet. Yeah, so I'm just starting to get used to it, and yeah. and I I yeah. started having that issue when I updated. Yeah. Yeah, and it depends what, on what theme you're using too. Um, yeah. Um, you, um, social learner. Oh, you're using social learner. Yeah, and social learner. If people aren't aware, social learner is a a learn dash specific template that's built on BuddyPress and BBPress, um, and uh, BuddyPress and BBPress are notorious themselves for not playing nice with others. So I would suspect that the Gutenberg issue might be something that's that's tied to that. Okay. Uh, again, um, I started off on Social Learner when it first came out, um, and I have some customers who are still using it. Uh, I have one uh, online uh, security guard training, OSGT. They're they're using Social Learner. Um, so, again, okay. pers personal preference. And you said classical editors, the one you use to turn off Gutenberg. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just go to your WordPress uh, plugins. And you know, I type in classical editor, and there's one there that's got like 300, 300 people have re reviewed, and it's the one that comes up first. There's two of them. I've used the first one. Okay, okay. I'll give it a try and yeah. see if that fixes the problem. Yeah, and it it will it will do three things. One, it will turn uh, turn it off completely so it doesn't show up. The other one uh, gives you the option when you're at a post or a page to use either one. So if you want to sometimes use Gutenberg and other times mm -hmm. not, um, you can do that. Um, the other thing that's happening too, just to be aware, is that some people, uh, I have seen a Gutenberg block for LearnDash. So someone created a block that's specific to LearnDash courses. And, and okay. Okay. Now the other thing, I'm, I'm just before I go, because you brought it, brought it up, the issue with Gutenberg, um, is uh, I did uh, buy agency rights for a plugin. So if you have a training site with us that we're managing, I did uh, get agency rights for uh, for a plugin um, that allows you to customize the look and feel of uh, of the LearnDash courses, the grid of courses and the lessons. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I'll do up uh, I'll do up a um, a little uh, video course on that and how it works, and then if it's something you're interested in, we can install it on your site if we're managing it. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it, James. Yeah. James, just uh, my last question is just about this call. Is there how is it going to work? Are you sending out um, an email each week for the link, or is there one place on the site that we go each week, or can we yeah. save the link or? Yeah, so th th this link technically you can't save. The reason that, um, remember last week there was no class because Zoom was down? Right. Um, when I went to go and, and reset the this class, uh, Zoom created a brand new link. So I couldn't use the, the you know how in Zoom you do a recurring uh, event? When, yeah. I, when yeah. I did a new recurring event, of course, it changed the link, right? So I had to put yeah. that, that other link in. Um, but in the training menu, uh, training like I'm, I'm playing around with themes too on on uh, the WP Grow site. So you'll see uh, the actual. If you go to the WP Grow site right now, you'll see it says Learning Hub in the, in the logo. That's not even our logo yet because I'm having it uh, redone. That's the that's a default logo on <laughs> on the template that I started okay. with. Okay. So I'm just flushing that kind of stuff out now. You'll see in the in the training, you'll see there's uh, if you just actually click on the the the, the training um, uh, menu, there's one in there called uh, webinars. Yeah. Which has webinars that we're going to start being doing, and those are actual courses. Like I'm going to do structured lessons during those ones, and then there's another one called AMA calls, which is Ask Me Anything. Okay. Okay, and those are the that's that's where you'll find the calls okay so if but if like each week when we're gonna join this call live yeah, yeah. what do we click on? just you, you can go to the you can go to that uh, the the open office like go to the uh, the calendar so if you go to events they should show up 
So if you just go to the events, like wpgrow.com forward slash events, that's the, where the calendar is. And they should all be there. Where do I find that on the menus? Um, it was on the, it is actually on the webinars right now. Um, and I've got to adjust the settings. So if you go to training and webinars, okay. yeah, you'll see that it's there. Now, the only issue that I have right now, and this is something that I'm worth, you know, I, and, and as much as I wish my own site was perfect all the time, it doesn't happen that way. One of the things that, um, this is the modern event calendar is the plugin that I'm using. And the hard part is, is that the server is at Greenwich Mean Time, this site is at Eastern Standard Time, and there's a conflict between the plugin, which time zone it renders the calendar for. So it displays the correct time on the calendar event, but the calendar event um, stops showing on the site like six hours before the actual event. So I'm just trying to get that fixed. So, so even, then, is there any, so if I, I, I'll, I guess I'll send, I'll send emails out for now. You'll get emails in the short term till we get this cleaned up. But if you want to save the link that we're at right now, it's going to be the same link. Okay, excellent. Okay. That's the easy way to say it. Okay, great. Okay. And I got to make sure that the calendar events uh, show up properly on this one. Okay. Excellent. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. No, actually, I have a quick question. Um, if there was a plugin that was created for LearnDash that did something that you find frustrating, what would it be? What's something that you do in LearnDash that you find frustrating that you wish there was a plugin to, you know, to do it or change how it worked or allow you to do things differently? I'm thinking. Think, just keep that in the back of your mind for next time, okay, if you don't mind? Yeah, I already have an idea, so. Okay, yeah, so just let me know and we'll go okay. from there. Okay, perfect. Okay. Thank you Thank very you. much. I'll uh, send an email out with uh, this uh, link shortly. Okay? Okay. Take care, Thank guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Okay. Thanks, James. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Nice to have you back, Carol. Yeah, Okay, bye-bye.